This podcast is for the sales professionals at every level. If you want to convert more prospects into paying customers, then you're in the right place. Because Joe has spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Let's go. Educated. Wanna learn how to close deals? Wanna learn how to sell more? That's what we're here for at Sales Genius. Let's go. So we're good. All right, everyone. Welcome to July 22nd's War Games Group Coaching. So I want to say thanks for everybody coming on board. Those of you that are live on uh, Facebook, hello, welcome. Good to see you all. Um, I have the privilege today to be sharing with you guys a friend of mine. I was introduced to um, Anthony the Hitman. Camacho, and I did give him permission to drink coffee. So if at any point he takes a drink of coffee, understand he already asked permission. He's good to go. So Christine and Cindy over on Facebook, hello, hello. Says there's seven people watching. You got a comment, otherwise I can't see. But um, Anthony and I were introduced by Bob Donnell. We were actually competition, I think you'd call us, in the fact that we both called on the same clients. Okay, but in, instead of us choosing to be, oh my gosh, you're, you're a competitor of mine in the automotive space, we both work in and out of automotive space. Um, Anthony was one of those guys walking into a, a dealer group and said, they said, do you do this? He goes, no, but I know someone. I met him a couple of weeks ago through a mutual friend. So uh, it was very, very awesome. And we've been able to refer people back and forth, whether the deal closed or not. So very synergistic, synergistic relationship. And so I want to welcome to the show today, Mr. Anthony, the Hitman Camacho. So we're all going to clap. Yay. Anthony, don't clap for yourself. It looks bad. Come on. All right. Good. Yeah. Okay. He did it again. He did it again. For everyone that's on the call today, I'm clapping for everyone for being here, you know, for joining today. We're super excited. As, as Joe had said, we're both trainers, not just in the automotive industry, but for many other sales organizations. And in the industry, you're supposed to give a turn, right? You know, say that customer was on the showroom floor and, you know, maybe they're not going to buy from you. And they say, hey, you know what? I need to introduce you to someone phenomenal that can answer your questions probably a little bit better than me. He's our best sales guy on the floor or our best sales manager. So I basically just turned, turned the deal to, to Joe and uh, he, he basically, he closed it. So, but in, in, in actual reality, I closed the deal for what I can do. And um, I did sales and leadership management training for the closers. And then uh, Joe's just phenomenal on phones. I won't even touch, I won't even touch phones because it's not my, it's not my gig. And uh, Joe's the man. So I'm like, why am I going to go in there and try to pretend to do something that I probably can do, but not as good as Joe. So, the great thing about that, Josie has, has been able to get re, repeat business from that one customer. So it's, it's not having that competition mindset. It's having an abundance mindset. And guess what? I, ha I made an amazing friend, Mr. Ingram. So happy to be here. Yay, I was going to say, I think, you, I think you're right because I am an amazing friend. So of all that, that's what I got out of it. But um, in looking at this, right? Today's day and age, we can all sit behind the Zoom, right? And the problem with sitting behind the Zoom is that it's people we already know. So when we do meetings, we're typically doing meetings with people we know, as opposed to going out to actually meet new people. Even in COVID, none of us are locked in our house and not going outside. We still get to go to the grocery store. You just get to introduce yourself to people. And as you introduce them, you got a mask. But how many of us require actually meeting somebody so that they can determine who we are, what we do, right? And, and actually be able to explain to them how we can help them or how we cannot. And so we are always set up. Now, I will tell you that the, the expertise I have over the phone, 
right? Anthony surpasses that with the huevos, right? The actual, he is one of those individuals with no fear, no hesitation, walks into companies and, want, and asks to talk to the decision makers to tell them what he can do for their company. And I don't know a lot of people that have the ability to just cold call and walk right in. And so the reason I, I asked Anthony to come on board is because of his expertise in the cold calling arena and the fact that, right, I'm, I'm going to quote Anthony, cold calling is not dead. Okay. So, and we all are dependent upon running into somebody, regardless of our industry, we can be standing next to our next potential big client at the grocery store, we could be sitting, they could be sitting at the table next to you in an outside patio because we can't eat indoors, right? All of those things, there could be somebody near you, but do you have the internal fortitude to actually introduce yourself, reach out to the people next to you, and can you solicit business from people that aren't looking for you but need you? And that's what I look at and say, there's a lot of things that we need, we can learn from Anthony. And I've got a list of questions for you, bud. And so we're going to go up and down this list to say what's there. But what I did notice about you, like I said earlier, is the, the lack of fear, okay, as well as there isn't hesitation, right? Anthony just walks up. We were at dinner the night we got introduced and he walked over and introduced himself to people at the table next to us. Probably because we were loud, but <laughs> that way nobody, nobody complains if they're talking to you, but there's zero hesitation. And we all need to have the ability to introduce ourselves to somebody and put ourselves in an opportunity to win and to benefit the client. And so my first question to you, Anthony, is going to be how the heck do you get past that I'm fearful of going to somebody and that internal dialogue, even dialing? I got people, you know me, I'm like, I look like Brad Pitt over the phone. I ain't scared to dial. <laughs> but how do you get past that point of actually saying, I need to go forth and, and, and reach out to a person to actually get to that point? So many people on the call, right, are in the job of, building their business through people that are not their friends right now. They need that, right? The, the warm market is small compared to the cold market. And so how do you, whether it's you personally or how you train people, right? Cause they'll probably be the same thing. How do you get rid of the hesitation of walking into somebody and, and making that here I am kind of statement? <laughs> well, I'll share, um, the quote when I teach my sales teams and organizations, people need to know your name, whether they do business with you or not. That's one of my quotes. People need to know your name, whether you do business with them or not. And you, you, you have to go in there with, I'm going to make some friends. I'm going to meet some, some good people. You can't look at it as a short game as, Oh, I'm just going to hit the home run, hit the sale. That's how salespeople get discouraged. They think they're going to, they think they're going to make the deal on the first call. Okay. And it just depends if you're running through, if you're just burning through leads, just running them through the mill, then you can play the numbers. But the other part is the follow-up, right? So you have to go in there first, introduce yourself with no attachment. You don't know what you're going to find. You don't know what's going to happen, but the, the battles in sales really win inside your own head. So you can shoot yourself in the foot and, and, and kill the deal before you even walk into a place of business, before you even get to the presentation. So when you walk in, just know, hey, I'm going in to recon. I'm going in to make a friend. I'm going in there to smile. And even with decision makers, as you're walking in there, you want to get to know everybody. In fact, you want everyone in that place of business to know your name. Now, again, you can't do that with with every single prospect, but I want you to think about that whale that you want to go after, that big, huge deal that you want. Now that's going to take some time to close. And so you cannot close a deal until you've actually went in there and said hello. So it's all about going inside and saying hello, grabbing a name, and then just working it, just working it from there. 
Okay. And so you said everybody there needs to know you. Yeah. Okay. So what would be the point of everybody there knowing you? The point of, because then your name's, your name becomes a buzzword. The reason why people like to do business with you is because they're familiar with you because they like you. Right. And if you're walking to a place of business and you're getting to be friends with the receptionist, with the gatekeeper, you can also use influencers, people that are, um, like the right-hand man or the right-hand woman of the decision-maker. Get to know the playing field where you're in. Get to know the players because you're going to use multiple influencers to get you in front of that right person. Fantastic. Thank you. So now I want to say that you said you walked in. Okay, what's the first thing I'm going to do besides collect names? So let's say we walk into the company. You just happen to run into the HR director (laughs) right or you run into the individual okay so this is something i was talking about with somebody here today um i said everyone in the company okay and everyone needs to understand the logic everybody in every company is authorized to tell you no every single one of them is authorized to say no and block you from getting to the next level higher they all can do that not everyone is authorized to say yes Okay, so you have to get to the point of finding the person that is the one that could say yes. So if I'm looking and saying, okay, Anthony, I got in front of the person who could say yes. What's my first job to sell them? If you got in front of the person who could say yes, you're saying a decision maker? Yes, a decision maker, right? Which you have a much better chance of doing when you're actually face to face than you do because it's really hard for decision makers to be jerks face to face most of them anyway, right? But over the phone, it's really easy to broom right by me and say, leave a voicemail, leave a voicemail, leave a voicemail. So when I look at that, I just want to say, what do I sell, right? Because I know there's people out there that go, you got to sell the dream. You got to sell the end vision. You got to sell all this stuff. But I'm sitting there with the person, right? That could say it. How do I start? What am I talking about? Well, again, when you first walk in, it's, it's basically just a light introduction. You want to start building some rapport. You don't want to go in there and slam them right away. Well, this is what I do. And this is what I sell and blah, 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 blah. What you want to do is create just some light common ground. And on the cold call that I'll do, um, I probably won't start presenting till maybe the third visit or the third call. I just want them to get familiar with me and use a variety of tactics. But one of the ones I like to use is, Hey, um, I'm new in the area. I'm new in town. I'm just trying to get to know, you know, some, some good people, the lay, of, the lay of the land. Oh, okay. Shake my hand, shake your hand. What do you do, Anthony? I let them ask me what I do. And then, then I'll share with them, you know, whatever it is I'm doing product program, um, that I'm, that I'm selling. Uh, obviously it's good to do some homework, right? You, if you're going to utilize your time going out there and prospecting, um, know who your target is, do a little homework and walk in there. Cause you can also go in there. Hey, you know, I just heard that your company did X amount of success last week or whatever. You want to go throw in some little accolades and just be really light and you say, Hey, I, you know, next time when I'm in the area, can I stop by and say hello again? And they're like, yeah, sure. And you just keep it light. And that's like the first touch point. Second time you go in, you know, I, I don't make appointments. I won't even, I won't sell or make an appointment to like the third or maybe fourth interaction. So you're going long-term play. Yeah, because these are big deals. We're talking about, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollar deals that you're gonna close ongoing, you know, residual in sales training or anything. Even if you're doing a service-based business where they have to buy your product every single month and you know that it's gonna be hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you wanna build that rapport with them. But what I do when I walk into a place of business, a lot of times new, is I will say, I will find out who a decision maker is, and I will say, is uh, Mr. Joe Ingram in today? And they're like, uh, they kind of get caught off guard because they don't know if you're a customer. And this is also important. Try to have an energy of, of going in there like neutral, not like you're a customer, not like you're the sales guy trying to sell them, just go in there. Because it, ca- it, catches peop- it catches decision makers and people off guard. Well, is this guy here to sell or is he here for an appointment? 
And so when they asked, well, who are you? Can you please let Joe know that Anthony Camacho is here to see them? And then they'll usually come back with, um, well, where are you from? Just let them know that Anthony Camacho is here. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they go get them. I'm telling you, it's like nine times out of 10. I've actually had decision makers come down and, and we'd, have, we'd have a nice discussion and just say, hey, new guy in town, just want to say hello. Um, you may be doing business with one of my competitors. I just want you to know who my name was and I want you to know that you have options. You know? So just keep it light. When you go in there, doom and gloom, and then people can sense your energy. You're giving two frequencies. You're either giving a frequency of desperation or you're giving a frequency of positivity and abundance. And that's also super key, whether it's over the phone or whether it's in person. I was going to say too, over the phone, that works as well, right? I've had that too. When I call into somebody and I'll, I'll tell them if, it, if I'm calling Dylan, right? Because he's got his headset on, he's completely ready for the phone call. <laughs> so, um, but I, when the gatekeeper answers the phone, I'll say, I'll say, hi, I just got disconnected from Dylan. Can you put me back through? Right. And now they transfer the phone call. They transfer it blind because there's no reason to announce or right. anything else. So now that's shady. That's sneaky. He's going abundance with Anthony, the Hitman. I'm going more shady and trying to get myself through there. But if, if your posture is more of a friend, more of it's expected, right? A Anthony, correct me if I'm wrong. You're your belief that it will be successful trumps their indecision of not knowing who you are. Correct. Right. And so it's going to take it that way and go through. But I believe anybody on this phone call has the ability to positively affect anyone they run into. Whether you're going to transact dollars or not, it's irrelevant at this point. Because like Anthony said, he's making a long-term play. He's going to go two, three times to make sure they know him. And they're already getting to that point where they go, he didn't try to sell me the first time. Right now I'm going to, I'm going to say, if the guy goes, look, what are you selling and how much is it that you'd actually start talking to him? Right. Or would you say that'll be another visit? It just depends on, 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 it really depends on the temperature of that first interaction, you know? Perfect. Depending on that, that decision maker may ask you a little bit more than usual. And then you give him more and then he can kind of cut to decision of, oh, well, no, we're happy where we're at, you know, and so and so. And it's like, oh, that's great. Fantastic. I'm glad you're with the competitor. It's a respected competitor. But in the near future, when I'm in, when I'm in town, can I just stop by and say hello? Or is it okay if we just share you the latest things that we're doing for our other customers is showing a lot of great success. I, I just think I, I, I could tell you're a good business, businessman, businesswoman, nothing wrong with taking a look at what's out there and just those soft approaches. So you can be tenacious with a soft hand. And I really uh, encourage that be tenacious, be top of mind, because if they, they say, if you're out of sight, you're out of mind, what you need to do, which I also share when I'm teaching sales and cold calling is um, you need to create mental market share. And I really like you, right, like, like you to write that down, create mental market share. What does that mean? Mental market share. That means that when a prospect thinks about the industry that you're in, whether you're doing, whether you're a car salesman, whether you're an insurance agent, whether you're a real estate agent, whatever it is that you're doing, you want, you want to um, uh, be able to create that space in that person's head, that mental market share, that you're the first or second person that comes up. So for instance, there's a lot of people that do phone call training, right? But who's the first person that pops up in my mind? It's Joe Ingram. Why? Because Joe has created mental market share in my mind. So that's, that's how you want to be. You want to be top of mind all the time. And it doesn't have to be a sale. It could always just be, I know who that guy is. Yeah, I know Anthony Camacho. Yeah, he does salesman training. He does leadership training. He does on-site you know, training programs. He does seminars. Same thing. I'll ask you this question really quick. I'll, I'll test it on you guys. Okay? So I want you to think about, your favorite hamburger. 
What two, what two things pop up in your head? Is it in and out? Is it five guys? Is it the habit? But you have one or two things that pop into your head because they've created mental market share. And that's how you want to be in your prospect's mind. You want to create mental market share in your prospect's mind. So that means, Anthony, you and I have to do lunch so I can take you to the cut so that that pops into your head too. Exactly. That, should, that should have been number one. We're going to go with that one. But no, that, that makes perfect sense because again, we have, and, and why is it? Because it's familiarity, right? And it's consistency with those brands. If you went to a place that it changed every time you went into it and you couldn't get the same burger twice, it's not going to pop up as one of your favorite places to get because you can't build that actual familiarity and that actual desire with that. And that's why I said at the beginning of this call that people need to know your name, whether they do business with you or not, you, your name has to be associated with whatever you're selling. So basically you become the brand. You're not, you're, you're not selling the brand. You're the brand. And that's what you want people to be able to identify with. Fantastic. Okay. So here's my question to you again. So now we're going to go and we're going to talk to some people. We all need to go out and actually find the prospects that we can put into our funnel, right? As opposed to sitting in our office and hoping they just call us. <laughs> so as we, as we go out and we, okay, if we're going to go over the phone, we'll play that game, right? But the, if what I'm noticing more and more, and the reason I think you and I connect so well is that it's still the same mental gymnastics we have to go through. It's just in two different arenas, Correct. but we're, we're having to do that. So what, what are you tracking, right? So what information are you tracking? So you're going to go out. Cause again, we can all say, Hey, I went and talked to 10 people, but if we went out and talked to 10 people, what numbers should I be looking for? What am I, am I counting it as a win? If I actually got to, speak to somebody, right? Do I count it as a win if I talk to their number one salesperson or just the gatekeeper, right? Because again, I, I, I worry a lot about negativity stacks on itself, right? And if negativity is going to stack on itself, I want to make sure that we're actually keeping ourselves positive as much as we could. So I guess what I'm saying is what kind of ratios am I looking for and what am I counting on as far as like, I would call them KPIs. Okay, so the first, the first thing that, that you know, every salesperson person should be excited about is how many new people that they brought in into the month that they've spoken to, how many new contacts you've created, and how many new people you've spoken to. That's a win in itself, because if you're not bringing in new blood, new people to speak to, your, your business is going to dwindle down to zero. So you should have... Um, and here's the thing, you know, everyone's closing ratio is different. Okay. But I would suggest if you want to be a superstar, you want to be a badass. I would say you should be speaking to depending on what, just depending on you, but okay. Personally, I try to speak to a minimum of 100 new people in a month. That's 25 a week, right? You may want to do different. And it really doesn't matter. The point is it, you have to make it at a point and congratulate yourself. And it's a win. Believe me, it's a win. Because you know why a lot of salespeople, a lot of salespeople do not go out and get new, fresh prospects, or they're waiting to be fed fresh prospects. Now, I believe it's phenomenal to get fed prospects, but you know what? I'm not going to put my paycheck based on what's given, what's being given to me. If I can add to new prospects in addition to what's being given to me, then I'm all over it. So that's the first thing is you, you consider it a win when you hit your quota of new people. The second thing that's most important is you have to understand that follow-up is absolutely essential. Now, this is a statistic that maybe you ladies and gentlemen know, maybe you don't know. 50% of salespeople will quit on the second and third follow-up. So how is a salesperson supposed to create mental market share if most of them quit after the second or third call? So the statistics goes, and this is not mine, 
that 80% of deals are closed on the 12th contact. 80% of deals are closed on the 12th contact. What does that mean? Depending on your first two, three interactions will depend, will be dependent upon where the follow-up is going to be. So therefore you put your customer's names or your desired prospects and the list take from the hundred that you got and you put the date and maybe a note 12 consecutive times. Now, according to numbers, according to sales, according to statistics, 80% of those deals will close. And if you want a hundred percent closing ratio, guess what? You surpass that 12th contact. Now, that doesn't mean that you call a person 12 times, <laughs> you contact them 12 days in a row, or you call them every hour on the hour to close a deal. It means that- Now I gotta cross that note off of my, my notepad now. Dang it. What it means so. is that you need, to, you need to take that opportunity of creating familiarity, like trust and respect on those 12 touch points. Now the 12 touch points, are they all in person for you? Or is it, I captured information on number six or number seven, and now I took it from there to an email, to a text, to a phone call. Notice how I'm trying to take it all back to the virtual, but yes. It, in, in my uh, humble opinion and in my personal experience, I have been able to close more deals um, in person, but I use a, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of sales organizations, they will, um, they will kind of cripple their opportunities because oh, I don't like doing phone calls or I don't like, I don't like doing emails. I don't like doing in-person, you know, visits. So here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, you need to do all of those things. You know why? Cause that's a revenue stream. When you make a phone call, that's a revenue stream. When you send an email, that's a revenue stream. When you do a social media post, that's a revenue stream. Um, when you do an in-person visit, that's a revenue stream. So you need to utilize every revenue stream which is going to create a point of contact if you have the luxury to go in and speak to people do it if you have if, if you have if you feel more confident that you do better with phone calls do it i recommend a combination of all of them do not cut yourself short you hear that azerty stop complaining about doing follow-up calls all right follow-up calls is where you make your money Follow-up calls where you make your money, and then guess what? I even go a step further with my follow-up calls. After within those, within those 12 follow-up contacts, do you know anybody else that may need to take advantage of? I know you said right now it's, it, you know, you're, you're, it's not the right time, but do you know five people that may want to benefit from this? And this is when you get into the referral, and I call this the five-to-one referral. So you basically, when you're going to ask for a referral, you can do it cold after you've built, um, you know, first couple of times, just depends on your personality. You can do it cold or you can do it from an existing customer and you always ask for five up front. Now, why is that important? Because if you only ask for one, their brains are going to shut down immediately and be like, uh, they think about one person. Uh. But if you put, if you put in, in their mind to think of five, then guess what? It's going to make them think of five people. And then they're going to be going through their mind, ah, you know, I don't know. Okay, how about three people? You know, three people who may want to use this? Ah, I don't know. How about one? You got one, and they'll give you one. Sometimes you get five. Sometimes you get three. Sometimes you get one. What's the worst case scenario for asking for five up front? You get one. What's the best case scenario? You get five. The point is that you need to, you need to do that. That needs to be part of your, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Joe, about what, what ratios are you looking for? So in addition to getting new prospects into the pipeline every single month for you to start following up on, you need to have a referral pipeline. That should be part of the, uh, part of your, uh, your sales game is not only am I, am I calling in for new prospects, I'm asking people for referrals. So you should have a quota for new prospects coming in and a quota for referrals. Okay. So we're looking for 12. Now, can everybody say, wow, that was a lot. 12 points of contact to go get, to go get my sales, right? Some of them you're going to get on the first one. Absolutely. Right. So there's going to be one and now you got 11 spares 
because you've already got the deal. Okay. But again, if you went into the mindset thinking 12 points of contact to get a sale, then I think if we went into that, we would not be as discouraged because we could actually say, yes, I got one more off of that. I got one more off of my list of 12 that comes down. So that's a great point because I hadn't thought of it in that capacity of saying that because I, I am Mr. One Call Close, Mr. One Call Close, right? Will I follow up? Yes. And anybody that I've trained knows that I'm big on follow up, but I've never quantified it to say I need to do it 12 times because then I wouldn't be pissed off at number four if they told me they're not interested or they didn't answer or they were too busy to take my in-person meeting. Right. And I've, I've closed deals on the first visit. It's really timing and creating your own luck. So you got prospect, you got people that want to do business with you that are looking for you, right? And you have customers that, that are looking for you that want to do business. Well, guess what? You, 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 uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that maybe not everyone has, you know, a Disneyland tram of customers pulling up to your place of business every day. So guess what? You have to go out and get new ones. So yeah, you're going to have those instances where people will close with you on the first phone call. And then you may have to work a little bit harder, but here's the thing. Enjoy the hunt, enjoy what you're doing, enjoy what you're selling, enjoy that you're talking about whatever you're selling, your, your, your product program or service. And also look at it as this is how I'm going to perfect my craft. The more you rehearse and the more you talk about whatever you're selling, which you also should be doing, humbly suggesting you shouldn't be doing anything. My humble oh, just demand it. This group's tough. <laughs> My humble suggestion tough. would be write down the objections that you're always hearing. Write them down. And what do you do with that? You learn how to overcome that objection quicker. You understand how to maneuver that objection, how to answer that objection, and then see if that objection has another hidden objection. So I highly, highly recommend is also writing down the objections. So when you're going in, your goal is to start the relationship, correct? correct. As opposed to I'm hunting and I got desperation, right? In my, in my spirit, I'm, I'm very desperate and I have commission breath. So we're going to start correct. the relationship, okay? Correct. It's so, all about creating those relationships. Because if you're asking a customer to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars with you a year, just put yourself in their shoes. Would you be willing to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars with somebody you didn't know? Of course not. So what do you got to do? Think about how you would want to be sold to how you would want to be treated. I like to do business. Personally, I like to do business with people who I like and I trust. And that goes for people who we're selling to. I agree. There's plenty of times you want to fire your customer the second you find out who they really are but with your process it'd be a lot easier so edwin's over on facebook you can't see it i have it up on another screen right he said he enjoyed that he thought it was always nine points of contact but with everybody's attention span becoming smaller and smaller we aren't actually as human beings our attention span is less than that of a goldfish right <laughs> what did you see jim yeah, exactly. Exactly. I will. I am the person who yells squirrel 12 times a day. But um, yeah, it's sad that if you look at it, right, attention span for a goldfish is about six, seven seconds. And we are below that now, thanks to social media and all the instant gratification from Al Gore's internet. But when you guys look at that, so I, I got to go after, so I, I got to go out, I got to meet people. Now, here's a question for you you are not always walking into a business, but when you walk into the business, I'm going to have to say you look like you do now, right? Correct. Right. So you go in suited, booted and representing all day long. Correct. Okay. So what happens when the, the hitman is standing in line at the grocery store with the person behind him, who he's listening to this person complain about their business that you can help. What's the next step from you? Is it throw the card at them and run out of line? No, because that's Mike Giacomino. He does that a lot. He just throws his card at people and runs. They'll call if they want you. But so how, how, do you, how do you approach that? Because there's a lot of people I know, like 
my brother is here on the call with he's real estate so is karen but michelle does the financial services things like that you have to be able to bridge that gap between silence to how do i introduce myself how do i talk do you do the same thing and say start the relationship so here's the thing um based on you know the the setup you gave me if i was at the grocery store and i had someone behind me and there i overheard i would say I'm so sorry. I apologize. I overheard your conversation. Um, I heard that you were having this problem, this problem, this problem, right? So you repeat it back to them. And what you could do is see if they're looking for any solution and basically say, look, I don't, again, I don't, I don't even listen to your conversation, but I have some answers for you. And with a little bit more information, I could probably make your process a little bit smoother. Um, do you want to exchange cards? This is my card. How do I get a hold of you? Um, because my office has experience with those exact things that you talked about. So, you so just I like it. Card. So you, you just referred it to your office. Correct. Right. Which means it doesn't have to be you that executes the nope. training. See, nope. I'm writing that down just because I have the issue where I make the sale and everybody expects then Joe is going to be the one that delivers all the training. Right? <laughs> and they're like, well, you're coming in to do this. And I'm like, I'll do the first one, but don't expect me here every month and every day. So as it goes through, but I think, thank yeah, you because nice. that's a great way for everybody to expand past the, I, I have to go into a business. I'm just going to start following people home from the grocery store so I can start relationships. Well, that's I think what people, I got out of this. I think people should yeah. also take advantage of everything we have to be virtually, right? So if there's prospects that you're looking for, you can go on LinkedIn and find who you're looking for. You can find out what their place of business is, and then you can find out on LinkedIn what other, um, what are their sister stores or what other, how big their company is, who else is affiliated with them, and you can actually go into LinkedIn and type in the person's name that you desire to start that follow-up relationship with. You can go on Facebook, you can go on Instagram. Okay. Take a look at some of their stuff. Don't be a creep and a stalker, <laughs> but see if there's any, no, listen. I was going to say Luigi stopped eating, turned on his camera just to judge me based off of my stalking comment. So I mean, you can use Google. I mean, there are other ways other than following somebody home, man. That's how you get shot. <laughs> I know, but it fills up more of my day. It Wait, makes me feel like I've accomplished a lot. I get to write off the mileage as business expense. So that's well, what I'm looking for. You're still for, social distancing, right? Because right. you're far enough away while you stop. Right. I'm totally in my car. They're in my car. We're at least six feet away. So I'm okay. And no mask needed in my own car. But and then you just read their... Brian, you're on mute. Yeah, Brian's on mute. That's great. I didn't even have to do it to him. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah, he did so, it himself. I'm going to get that Bradley kind of power and just start muting you all. Again? No, no. That goes in. Okay, so here's what I want to ask you, Mr. Hitman, the smooth one. Dude, doesn't he look so pretty? I almost – wouldn't you want to talk to him when he comes in with me? That This is the problem. I walk in, they're like, he's going to scold me or tell me that he's the most interesting man in the world. But <laughs> – when, he, when you walk in. So I want to know right here, right now for everybody that's on this call and all those people on Facebook and those that will listen to the replay, what's the one thing they need to take away from, from what you're talking about and your style, your way of doing things? What is the one thing they need to walk away with so that they know what to go put into action next? Walk away from hesitation. Remove hesitation from your mind right now. Remove it. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Not everything is scripted. I'm not saying scripts are bad. What I'm saying is that you have to just remove the illusion of being perfect. You have to remove of the, the, the illusion of, you know, it's textbook this way. We all use tactics to get a result, but don't be tied to those tactics. Use whatever works. Every deal is different. Every customer is different. Every problem is different. They're all similar. Don't get me wrong. But don't cookie cutter yourself and step outside the box. And the way you step outside the box is remove hesitation. 
remove hesitation. Just do it. Who cares if it, who cares if you said it wrong that time? Guess what? You'll see it right next time. Who cares if you didn't have all the answers that time? You'll have the answer next time. And what happens is that hesitation is going to keep you from walking in the door. It's going to keep you from asking for the business. It's going to keep you from asking for the sale. How many people are in the world? Like 7 billion or something like that? Yes. Okay. Until you've talked to all 7 billion people, start feeling sorry for yourself if nobody bought. Okay. <laughs> all right. But oh, if- That was a mic drop moment right there. Yeah. Once you talk to them all, then you can say you sucked. Yeah, once you talk to them all, you can say you're stuck. But I can guarantee you that once you start focusing on removing hesitation and getting new blood in every single month, you're going to feel so much better about what you're presenting, what, whatever you're selling, and just start getting comfortable in your own skin. And, and I've tried different things. I like to go into places of business like this. But you know what? Just to just to try it out, I've walked into places of business with just a black V-neck, a pair of jeans, and some dress slack. Uh, no, and a pair of jeans and dress shoes, and that's where I've gotten some of the confusion of is he a customer or is he the business guy? And I've used different things. I mean, you just you have to try things, and you have to okay. And the only way you can re- remember, the only way you can try new things is just not to hesitate. Just do it. Make a mistake. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. So action cures everything, right? Yes. It'll get better on the next one. So, yes. so if you're thinking right now that you're going to wait before you don't hesitate, you missed the point. Okay. So don't sit back right now and hesitate on stopping your hesitation. It needs to be immediate. So when you get off, pick up the phone. As soon as you're done here, get up and go talk to people. So my question to you is, Anthony, because, you know, I'm going to be a big pimp right now and throw it out there. So I put Anthony's um, link to his book on Amazon that's here. So I want to encourage everybody, if you got value from it and you want to expand on it more than a 40-minute conversation, that you want to jump out there and get the itty Bitty, your amazing itty bitty little black book of successful in-person cold calling. Lord, dude, this is like, he's like a best-selling author with a title that's longer than most book descriptions. So that should tell you right now that inside that little book is going to be some gold that comes out because he is, I mean, he's an international bestseller. I know that when, when I talked to him, he was, he was big balling when I first met him. And he's like, oh, well, I'm going to Australia to go train this Nissan in Australia, right? He's talking like they're going big time teaching managers, right? He goes in and teaches managers what they got to do and how they keep their people attached so and, and involved and engaged. But so if you guys want to feel free, jump over. There's a link both Facebook and in your chat right here. But I want to say thank you, Anthony. And I want to open it up if anybody has any questions that they want to ask Anthony specifically, not you, Azerti, the hitman. I got a a quick question. Um, So thank you for your time and coming out here today. Uh, So everything I do right now has been virtual. Um, I'm here in Florida and all my prospects, all my customers are all West Coast. So um, the in-person part- That's the correct coast, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why it's my territory. But um, so- Obviously, I don't really usually ever do in person. Uh, we don't really ever fly out and, and meet the prospects. Um, so all, everything has been virtual calls, emails, LinkedIn, you know, text, you know, all that stuff. So when it comes to like that, that fifth to 12th contact, like let's say we have a meeting and then we're doing follow up, what quantifies a contact? Is it actually connecting or does a like a voicemail? I would imagine wouldn't really count or someone actually reading an email. Does any of that count as like a fifth to 12 contact on like a follow-up or does it have to actually be a connection? Um, preferably it would be to be able to speak with that person. Right. And that's when the real follow-up would begin. So I would say like a phone, uh, um, leaving a voicemail, leaving an email, those are really light touches that's actually to start the follow-up process until you start getting a response then that's when you start you know the follow-up process so, so my, my answer is two-way communication is the only thing that counts 
right? Yeah. And, and yeah. I've got several people <clears throat> that are clients of mine that understand that I don't allow protection. I don't allow anything amongst the sales team without two-way communication, right? So Dylan, to me, you can leave emails all day long. I will tell you that when I go into my Outlook, I click on the first email, which opens it, okay? I ain't reading it. I just had to click on the first one. And then I click the little trash can next to it. It goes, opens the next one. I trash can, trash can, trash can. I have people right now, it pops up all the time. It goes, so-and-so wants a red receipt. I didn't read it, but I did that whole click for the 30 emails that I didn't want to see, right? And it goes through and it says, do you want to send a red receipt to everybody who asked for one? I'm like, sure. Okay, but I didn't read it. And you can't tell they read it. You won't know if I ever listened to my voicemail kind of deal. So again, it may be a great touch point to say it's there. And so, hey, Anthony, Daniel Sandoval over on uh, Facebook just popped up. No hesitation. I just bought the book. So, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even wait to decide if he wanted to. Just go do it. So, but, so Dylan, if I can just offer a little bit more on that, um, is every time you send a voice, here's the thing we all fall into those preconceived notions of, oh, if I send an, a voicemail, oh, it doesn't really count. If I send an email, it's not gonna count. The thing is you have to collectively utilize every touch point. Voicemail, you have to uh, um, see if you can leave a message with the receptionist or the front desk or the decision maker. You have to send an email. And then you also, here's, here's the other thing. It, Every single month, there is a reason to reach out and follow up. So 12 points of contact, depending on how that engagement is going, if it's going to be a long haul of, of follow-up, every single month, you have an opportunity to greet someone and follow up and say hello. For instance, we're in July, right? What, yes. what, what holiday did we just pass? Fourth of July, right? Independence Day. Right, Independence Day. So guess what? Hey, I just wanted to reach out and say, you know, happy 4th of July to you and your family. God bless and have a great, you know, holiday weekend. You don't even have to put any hardcore selling stuff in there. Just say, hey, hey, I hope you got the last email I sent. I just wanted to wish you guys, you know, whatever. What's the next month? What's, what's happening in August? What, what holiday is that? You know? It's no not more? my birthday. <laughs> so you got a holiday in August. In September, you got back to school. Um, October, you got Halloween, November, you got Thanksgiving, December, you got Christmas, you got New Year's, right? Valentine's Day, et cetera, et cetera. These are great opportunities to reach out to your prospects and to follow up. And if you take a look at, at the United States, our economy is built on holidays. We buy during the holiday season. So people are conditioned to be solicited to on the holidays. But guess what? You don't have to solicit to them. You can create that mental market share, that touch point. So even if you can't see someone in person, utilize all the revenue streams, voicemail. And you know why you use voicemail? Because there's other salespeople that are saying, oh, voicemail is not going to count. Well, you know what? You do it. Email. Uh, email is not going to count. Do it anyway. Do a call. Make a call. Do whatever you got to do to be top of mind. Now, this depends upon what you're selling and it depends upon what the dollar amount is. If this is going to be a big commission kind of thing where you get repeat business, then yeah, you, you want to follow up because the end result is going to be phenomenal. But if it's kind of like a small, you know, one little hit or quitter kind of product, I mean, that's more of um, that particular selling game is more numbers. I need to get through more numbers. The more people I get to, then you're just playing the numbers game. So the more people I get to, they're going to buy the smaller product or the entry-level product. For the big deals that I want to close, the master, the, the big whales, I'm going to follow up and I'm going to build that rapport because in the end, that deal that I'm going to close is going to be worth it. So you have to decipher what you're, what you're selling, how, how much you're selling it for, and, and you know, the commission you're going to get. But if you have more success selling smaller product because it adds up to the greater sale, then you do that. It just depends what you're selling. So um, 
I'm going to throw out, because again, you know me, uh, my thing is, will somebody see you when you're staying in front of them? More than likely, someone will make time if you're actually in their business, right? So even for like you, Jaime, if you would walk into a business, you have a better chance of closing your digital mapping and things because of that, right? McKay, with your marketing materials, right? You could go ahead and run off a couple one-offs for somebody, walk on, drop them off with your card and say, I just wanted to give you an example of the quality that's here. And if they're there, right, you're talking to a decision maker, right? Or look for an influencer that could get to that person. So for me, the follow-ups, right, would be more of the telephone, right? Anthony knows me, right? It'd be more towards the phone. But I want, I want to text people more than I want to talk to people, okay? So again, I'm going to go back to the, the numbers. 17% of the people answer the phone, right, from numbers they don't know, okay? And those are all boomers, right? Nobody else, right? If you're a millennial or after, you, that's a 0% chance you're going to answer a phone that's unknown <laughs> in your phone, okay? So, but when it comes to a text, and Anthony said it great, most people aren't leaving the voicemail. How many people has a voicemail that transcribes and either emails you or texts you the actual transcription, right? I, that's me all day long. So when you look at that, if it's going to text me a transcription and you aren't leaving the voicemail, you're not going to end up as a text message on their phone. I want to be the text message. Why do I want to be the text message? Because 93% of all text messages are read within five minutes. Okay, but they didn't give me their cell phone number, but their system's doing it for me, right? I know my business email, well, if you called my business line, it's going to text me on my cell phone to tell me that you left me a message and I can go after it. But I'll be able to look and read because there's plenty of times I go, I remember so-and-so, right? Mental market share. I remember all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I read that there was a message from so-and-so. Where was it? I had somebody reach out and say, can I be on the, the war games? Can I be on your sales genius podcast? And I was like, I remember it was somebody working for this person. So then I had to go to LinkedIn, find that person that I remembered and message them and say, could you tell whenever your staff people that reached out to me to reach out to me again? Right. Anthony can tell you, cause I did it with him to uh, yesterday. I said, can you send me a headshot? He sent me a headshot. Two days later, I said, dude, where did you, I can't find the email with your headshot. And I texted him and he answered me back right away and goes, scroll up two messages. It's right there. Right. And so I'm like, I remembered that I had got it. I just didn't remember where, because again, if it was just an email, not necessarily would I have remembered where it is right? Or remembered it because I not always do I read them all as we discussed earlier. So if you can't get in front of them, you need to be on their phone. Okay? And then also, I'll share a little, uh, another little secret that I've we been... like those. So I deal with um, a lot of, uh, what should I say? A lot of alpha males, so to speak, and, and some alpha females as well. And so you, you want to create that mental market share, right? So one of the things that I've been doing for years is I'll leave a cigar. I'll leave a Cuban cigar. And you, you can leave behind anything that you want. But you want to be able to leave something behind that they're going to like so that when they put it on their desk, they're going to be thinking about, huh, that, that guy left it for me, right? And then another time you come visit, you may leave another one or they'll always remember you because you left them something that created that mental market share. And a cigar for some of my prospects, they enjoy them because they, they, they smoke the cigar and guess what? They're enjoying, they're having, they're having mental stimulation and enjoyment from something that I left them. So now you're creating good emotions 
every time they see me, they're going to remember, holy crap, I had a great cigar, man. Thank you so much. Or whatever you're going to leave behind. It doesn't have to be a cigar. But that's another way you create mental market share is how do you stand out? How are you different? What can you leave behind? Or on, on phone, what can you say that's different than everybody else? What can you say that makes you unique? So I have a, I have a private jeweler, um, and his name is Joe. He's at Brea Diamond Direct. And every time he answers his phone, he says, hi, this is Joe, Brea Diamond Direct. How can I make your day special? And I'm like, damn, how can you make my day special? I say, you just made my day special just by the way you answer your phone. Hi, this is Anthony Camacho. How can I make your day special? Or I just left you a message. This is Joe Ingram. How can I make your day special? It, it, whatever it is, what I'm trying to share with you is create some mental market share. Say, say something that every time that they hear a, a, a phrase or a catchword, they associate it with you. So I'm going to throw something out because I was looking for someone to help me with uh, screens at my house, right? This whole last weekend. So I was calling these places, right? And a lot of people weren't answering. And so I, one person had a voicemail and the voicemail said, I apologize, couldn't get to the phone. This is so-and-so, right? Jack screens, this and that. And he said, could you please leave me a voicemail? I will reward your patience with a great product and even better customer service, All right? And I'm quoting it today on Wednesday from a Saturday phone call. He called me back on Monday, said, hey, I'm, I'm in the office. I said, hold on, hold on, don't talk nothing. I just wanna say, dude, that outgoing message on your voicemail with the, I'm gonna reward your patience, right? And he starts laughing, he goes, it's not trademark, take it for yourself if you want to. <laughs> right but i was like i'm like no dude that's amazing to put that onto your your voicemail that says i'm gonna reward your patience right because i was like i'm waiting for this guy to call me back i'm waiting for this guy to call me back instead of me doing it the other way around so i was like i need to i need to and and for the um young snot that's on this phone call that texts me i ain't a boomer brother i ain't the boomer i'm an ex-generation <laughs> Okay. I'm not going to call out Josiah at all for texting okay, me boomer. that I'm a boomer. Yes. So, <laughs> perfect. Do we have any other questions before I let the, the hit man bounce away and go knock out some more deals? Anybody else have questions? Because we we're creeping up at three o'clock. So we've got to our max out point. So, and Edna says, hello, everyone. She's on Facebook. Hi, Edna. So, but no, we had a lot of turnout on Facebook. Larry Schneider, we had Arash jumped on there. Edna was there. I was there. It's for all delayed. Years. So right now, Mike Giacomino is waving at the <laughs> camera. I was like, what's he waving at? Yeah. Daniel Sandoval, who already got the book. Cindy, I'm just going to try to say hi to everybody. Weldon jumped on. I saw that one. Edwin, Kevin Gonzalez, down the hall from you, Anthony. Right. He, he had to comment as soon as I uh, called you out on your follow-ups. So... <laughs> jump on. John Harnett, Blackjack jumped in here. We know Thomas Bosick who jumped in. Like your boss is sick. That's who he is. Okay. Greg Hine jumped in. Justin Breen, my, my new buddy out there. Mr. Epic, he was on there. Right. So Larry Schneider again. He actually commented a lot. David Lopez jumped in. Wow, there's a lot of people. Christine Turner, Cindy again. So I want to say thanks to everybody for coming in. I really do want to say thank you, Mr. Hitman Anthony Camacho, for taking the time to come in and embark some wisdom onto us because it made a big difference. So, and Brian Galke in the chat said he got your book too. All right. Very so, good. Very good. Uh, always a pleasure to be doing any type of interaction with you, Joe. Um, you're one of my superheroes, and you're definitely my superhero for the phones, and you're a phenomenal guy. I wish you nothing but more success more luck and you create your own luck brother so that's one of the reasons i respect you so much thank you so much i appreciate you everybody i appreciate you all for jumping on and uh see you next week in the war games peace let joe be safe no don't tell me what to do luigi <laughs> what are you doing bro you'll be safe you're, you're not the like boss of me bro
You're not the boss of me. Look, like let me show you why, Luigi. Let me show you. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Educated. Want to learn how to close deals. Want to learn how to sell more. That's what we're here for. At Sales Genius. Let's go.